Mamma Mia, I'm back with another story, The Brave Little Tailor. One day, long, long ago, in a time of knights and giants, a little tailor sat walking by the open window of his shop. He was wearing brass buttons on a new coat, but it was nearly lunchtime and his eyes strayed to the loaf of bread and the pot of strawberry jam on his table. How yummy! Just three more buttons, he murmured to himself. Or mm, maybe just one more button. As he worked, the tailor was pestered by flies that came buzzing through his window. They zoomed around his ears and however much he waved his arms, now and then one would make a ticklish landing on the tip of his nose. This was bad enough, but the flies soon discovered the pot of jam. When the hungry tailor saw them climbing around its sticky sides, he decided that enough was enough. I will show you, he cried. He swung the new coat through the air, brass buttons and all, and struck a mighty blow across the table. The jam tipped over, the loaf tumbled onto the floor, and a handful of flies were left dead on their backs with their jam-covered feet up in the air. The little tailor counted them with pride. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wow, well, it's not every day that a man kills seven with one blow. In fact, the tailor was so pleased with this achievement that he celebrated by making himself a handsome green sash. Across it, in large letters of golden thread, he embroidered these words, seven with one blow. The sash fit him perfectly. When he saw how dashing he looked in his little shop mirror, the tailor came to a decision. The town, no, all the world will hear of this, he announced. He thrust his scissors into his belt and threw a sack of provisions over his shoulder. He looked around once more at his old workshop, but it now seemed small, stale, and ordinary. And so, with a new sash glittering on his chest, he set out into the wide world to make a name for himself. The little tailor walked boldly through fields and farms and into the forest. At last, He came to a great hill and at the summit he found a giant sitting and staring lazily across the countryside. The giant had finished his midday meal and was using a small pine tree as a toothpick. Hello friend, the tailor called. Isn't this lovely weather for two free and easy fellows like us? The giant burped rudely. A sound that could be heard three counties away and leaned over to examine the little tailor. Fellows like us? Do you dare to compare yourself to me, you miserable flea? Oh, cried the tailor, tapping his sash. You should think twice about insulting a man like myself. Taken aback, the giant peered at the golden letters glittering far below. 
Seven with one blow? He thought. Did this creature really kill seven men with just one blow? Mm, maybe I should have been more polite. And maybe I should not try to eat him after all. Just to be on the safe side, the giant decided to test the little man's strength. I see, you think you're quite the hero, he said, picking up a boulder from the ground. But can you do this? He squeezed the boulder with both his enormous hands and with a crack and a crunch, a few clear drops of water sprang out and fell to the ground. Is it all? Why, that's child's play, said the tailor. From his sack of provisions, he drew a round cheese that he had been saving for dinner. To the giant, it looked very much like a stone, but it was fresh and soft on the inside. The tailor gave it a firm squeeze and a stream of liquid ran into the dust. The giant was impressed, but he tried not to show it. Well now, he said, can you do this? He picked up another stone and with a grunt and a heave that shook the hillside, hurled it far across the forest. The stone came crashing down in a distant field and scattered a herd of sheep. Hmm, that's a good throw, the tailor admitted. Just then, he heard a rustling noise in the bushes beside him. A small brown thrush had been caught in a hunter's snare and was frantically flapping its wings. The tailor reached down and, with a quick movement, freed the bird and clasped it in its hand. Of course, he told the giant, your stone fell back to earth. I can throw a stone so hard that it never comes down again. Watch this. With that, he threw the thrush high into the sky. The bird, rejoicing at its freedom, flew straight up and out of sight. The giant, who thought it was a stone, was amazed. So you can squeeze and you can throw, but can you lift and carry? The giant asked. His tiny adversary pointed to a fallen tree nearby. It was a hundred-year oak with a massive trunk, knocked over in the summer gales. Let's you and I carry that oak together, the tailor suggested. You go ahead and carry the trunk, which everyone knows is the lightest part. I'll follow and carry the branches and leaves. The giant agreed and he heaved the trunk onto his shoulder. He heard twigs snapping behind him and the tailor shouted, Go! Slowly, the giant staggered forward. Roots dug into his flesh as he strained and pulled, and rough bark scrapped his back. Step by step, he dragged the tree forward. Meanwhile, at the other end of the oak, the tailor, hidden among the leaves, sat comfortably on a branch. I can go faster if you want, he called. The giant staggered on for a few more steps and then let his end of the oak tree crash to the ground. He was panting from the effort and was starting to get worried. This truly is someone to be reckoned with, he thought. 
If I can't beat him with strength, I'll need to catch him with a sneaky trick. So the giant smiled his widest and williest smile. We are fellows indeed, he said as the tailor strolled out from among the oak leaves. Now the day is drawing on. Why don't you stay in my house tonight and be my guest? The tailor happily accepted the offer and the two walked down the hill to the entrance of a cave where the giant lived. Inside, there was an enormous bonfire blazing higher than the house. Two carved stools were set before it, each one the size of a banquet table. Heaped against the walls were bags of treasure and trophies taken from defeated knights. There were shields and golden breastplates. A long shelf held a row of dented helmets. Each one was nobly decorated, some with wings, some with plumes, and some with bands of gold or silver. I love what you have done with the place, said the tailor politely. The giant was pleased with the compliment, and the evening passed pleasantly. When the stars were shining in the mouth of the cave, the giant led his guest to a bed against the back wall and wished him good night. The bed was size of a village green. The little tailor turned this way and that and bunched off the covers. But only when he rolled to the very edge of the bed was he able to at last fall asleep. Deep in the night, the giant rose to carry out his evil plan. He seized a massive club and crept back to the tailor's bed. He couldn't quite see his guest in the dark, but he aimed a furious blow at the middle of the mattress. With a terrible crash, the bed flew into splinters and kindling and dust billowed through the cavern. That settles that, said the giant with some relief. However, his blow had missed the brave little tailor at the edge of the bed. The tailor waited quietly among the shredded covers and splintered wood. When the morning sun peered into the cavern and the giant began to stir, he emerged in his nightcap, yawning and stretching lazily. Oh! the tailor exclaimed. A mosquito must have bitten me in the night, for there's a tiny bump on my forehead. I think I tried to swat it, for I have damaged your bed. The giant stared in disbelief at his little guest who could sleep through such a terrible blow. My friend, he said, a country that holds such terrible tailors as you just isn't safe for giants. I'm leaving and I will never return. This cavern and all the treasures within it belongs to you. And so, without even stopping to put on his boots, the giant fled with enormous steps over the forest. The tailor stuffed his sack with rare jewels and precious stones and took to the road again the wealthiest man in the kingdom. He marched on through forest and fields, his bag of riches swinging at his side. But the bag was heavy and cold, and he began to think that riches weren't everything. What's a life without love and affection? 
the tailor asked himself. With that, he decided it was time to marry. Now, the loveliest girl in the land was the princess herself. Since the little tailor was as bold as he was brave, he hurried straight to the palace. He found the princess hard at work in the counting room. She was balancing accounts and writing decrees, and her royal blue gown was speckled with ink. Your Highness, I am the tailor who killed seven with one blow and defeated a giant, and I ask you for your hand in marriage. The princess liked the look of this proud little fellow with his easy air and his green and gold sash. But she had a kingdom to run, and she wasn't about to marry just anyone. How many giants did you defeat? she asked. Was it only one? I have three giants in my kingdom at the moment, and they are causing no end of trouble. If you can beat all three, hmm, I promise to consider your proposal. The tailor agreed, and along with some of the kingdom's bravest knights, he set out to the forest where the giants lived. As they approached, they saw the tall pines trembling and the leaves on the oak trees shivering. The ground beneath them rumbled and groaned. The giants are angry, whispered the knights, clanking with fear. The giants are sleeping, thought the clever tree tailor. Wait here, he told the knights. I'll handle this alone. With that, he crept in among the trees. Sure enough, beneath the tallest pine, three terrible giants lay snoring like thunderstorms. The little tailor tiptoed between the sprawling arms and clambered over a towering boot. He made it to the pine and climbed right up to the top. Then, from his sack of treasure, he selected a ruby as big as his fist. Aiming carefully, he hurled it down and struck a giant on the nose. Ow! moaned the giant, waking suddenly. He prodded one of his brothers. Buff, why are you pelting me with rubies? I'm not pelting you, Buff, Buff said sleepily. Now, the tailor selected a large sapphire and threw it, Buff, hitting him in the eye. Ooh, Buff cried and he shoved the third sleeping giant. Biff, don't you dare throw sapphires at me. I didn't. Biff grunted, let me sleep. Oh. Then an emerald the size of a goose egg whistled out of the sky and smacked him right in the forehead. Buff! Biff roared, keep your emeralds to yourself. Biff gave Buff an angry blow. Buff kicked Baff and in a flash, all three giants were punching, biting, bashing each other. Even half awake, they were vicious fighters. The tailor clung to his perch as trees crashed down around him and dark holes opened up in the earth. The giants fought and fought until, at last, the shaking stopped and everything was still. When the knights finally dared to enter the ruined forest, they found the brave little tailor seated calmly among three dead giants. He was peeling an apple 
with the blade of his scissors. The knights rejoiced to see that the kingdom was finally rid of its giants. They lifted their hero onto their shoulders and carried him home in triumph. All the palace folk turned out to cheer him and the princess too was pleased. I'm not saying I'll marry you just yet, she told him with a smile, but I'm seriously considering it.